This morning we're actually talking about before resolutions. Has anybody put any thought into like what you want 2022 to be? Has any of y'all done that? Or do y'all ever do that as you're getting ready to go into a new year? Like start thinking about, okay, I got to get my plan together. Is anybody in here a planner? Okay, we got a few. We got a few. <laughs> about the same that do the resolutions. It's starting to make sense now. But no, I'm that kind of guy. Like I love to have my planner. I'm by no means good at keeping up with it, but I have one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a great thing to go into something prepared, right? Like I like to think ahead, plan ahead. Um, every now and then I like to sit down and just think, what, you know, what does life even want to look like five years from now, 10 years from now? I mean, there's no way to ever even know, but it's a fun like thought experiment, right? So no, so we're going to talk about before resolutions though today. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into John chapter three, verses one through 17. Okay. And it's going, it may be like drinking water from a fire hydrant this morning because it's a lot of verses. But I promise you we're going to get through it, okay? So let's pray, and then we'll dive into John chapter 3. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, thank you for the time that we're able to spend together as your family. God, to be able to come together and sing, what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. God, we pray that this morning that we can lift you up. God, that we can set everything else to the side, and yes, I know that, you know, that there's... Uh, good times and bad times around Christmas. There's uh, some people who literally have a blue Christmas. And yet, Lord, through it all, whether it was good, bad, sad, or whatever, you are still king and you offer hope. So God, help us to lift you up this morning as the rightful king of heaven and yet still the rightful king of our lives. Lord, we pray that we can lift you up and look to you this morning. Just open up our hearts and ears to what you have to say to us. And Lord, just enlighten us on what we need to know, exactly what we need to hear this morning. Lord, we love you. We pray that you would uh, be with us this morning. It's all in your precious name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to look at John chapter 3. Uh, and this is whenever uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. You're going to hear his name a lot this morning, okay? So just be prepared. Let's dive into verse 1. It says, there was, a man, uh, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be? asked Nicodemus. Are you a teacher of Israel and 
don't know these things? Jesus replied, truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe it if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And this is the one that everybody knows, right? John three sixteen. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Okay. So, the reason that we're looking at before resolutions is, yeah, because it's before the new year. But also, too, I think it is a great thing to sit back and analyze. I think it's quite possible that everyone in this room in here has resolutions or plans, just not ones that we write down, but to grow spiritually. This is something that I've been praying about a lot. I knew that this, this day was coming up, and I knew that I was going to be preaching this hour. And as I was praying, the one thing that just kept getting pressed in was spiritual growth. All right, so I know there was only a few hands for resolutions, but raise your hand if you plan to grow spiritually in 2022. All right, that's what I like to see. It's almost everybody, right? So how do we do that, though? That's really what we're going to talk about this morning, and I think Nicodemus is a great example of that, okay? So just before, in John chapter 2, we see Jesus. He has just turned water into wine at the wedding at Cana, right? That was the first written miracle or sign of who Jesus was, that he is who he says he is. He is the son of God who can make anything happen, right? And one thing that I love about that passage, too, that just further points to who Jesus is and what he does is that whenever it says he turned the water into wine, it says he actually turned it into old wine. Old wine. He didn't make new wine. He made old wine. I just thought that was neat, right? But then after that, you see him in Jerusalem at Passover, and he walks into the temple, and what's happening? People are buying and selling lambs. They're, turn, they're chaining money. They have turned, Jesus says, they've turned the Father's house into a den of thieves, right? And so he drives them all out, and then he starts performing miracles. Crowds gather, and they see Jesus doing what Jesus does best, Right? But Jesus' earthly enemy has been the Pharisees, right? We, whenever we say the word Pharisee, usually conjures up bad connotations, right? We don't usually think nice things about the Pharisees. <laughs> I mean, and even as we read Scripture, it's typically not good things that we read about. But we have this guy named Nicodemus who comes in. And in the very first verse of chapter 3, it introduces him as a Pharisee, okay? So as we begin to unravel why we're going to look at spiritual growth and uh, how we need to approach spiritual growth in 2022, we're going to look at what Nicodemus was as a Pharisee, who he was, what his background was, real quick, okay? That's not the right one. This is the right one. Okay, so... Like I said, in verse 1, it starts out with, he's a Pharisee. So what do Pharisees do? They were the people who knew the law, right? They were the ones that, if you had a question about the law, you would probably go to the Pharisees. And I read something that was really neat. Like, 
And we all have a tendency to do it. We're human. But they had 613 laws of what not to do. Okay? And the Pharisees knew them all. They probably knew them like the back of their hand. But they also created loopholes to go around uh, those laws. So that way they didn't break one of the other laws. Those loophole laws became actual laws that they had to follow. So one that I read, and I thought it was, I mean, it's funny, it's comical. You, you weren't allowed to tie a rope on the Sabbath onto a pail to go and lower the bucket into the well to get water out. That was considered work. They weren't allowed to do that. So what do the Pharisees do? They come up with a loophole. Because they were human, right? So what they decided was that it's not work, you know, for a woman to tie a, a knot in her scarf. So what they do? They say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. We'll just tie the knot around this bucket handle, <laughs> and then we'll lower it in. They created loopholes. And you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. But these are the things that the Pharisees did, right? So whenever you look at them from the outside, yeah, they know all 613 laws. But that's kind of hypocritical, right? Like they're saying, well, you don't tie the rope. You can tie the scarf. It's okay. These are the kind of people that the Pharisees were. And so this is the kind of guy that Nicodemus was, Right? Not only that, but they were very prominent within their communities. They made themselves stand out. Whenever they would go out into town, they would have on head, uh, head garments, and they would wear robes and stuff that had really long tassels, like obnoxiously long tassels, just so that way they stand out. They wanted people to know that they were a Pharisee. And then something else, too, is they would take uh, scripture and scrolls, and they would actually bind them on their arms. They would take leather cords and bind them on their arms. I mean, so these guys, whenever they walk into town, you knew who they were. You could tell that he was a Pharisee. So this is the guy, Nicodemus, who comes at night, right? Uh, the other thing, the next thing about Nicodemus in verse 1, it says, he's a ruler of the Jews. Now, that means he was part of the Sanhedrin, which was basically the ruling body in Israel. Okay? It was a group of 70 guys, and he was more than likely one of the head ones. Okay? And um, they made all the decisions. They, they were the final straw. They were the, whenever a decision had to be made, the Sanhedrin was the one to make it whether it was in religious circles or in civil circles, they were the ones to make it. He was, he was a member of that. And then in verse 10, we read that uh, he was a teacher of the law, but more specifically, and I thought it was really interesting, that the Greek actually says he was the teacher of the law. It uses the definite article, not the indefinite. The teacher of the law. So he had a lot of the Old Testament memorized. If there was any religious question that anyone had throughout all of Israel, Nicodemus was the guy who you could come to and expect a straight answer, right? So what I'm trying to get at, though, is that Nicodemus, he had all the degrees. If there was, a, um, if there was any criteria that had to be met, Nicodemus had done it and then surpassed it, okay? So if spiritual growth had some kind of rubric, this guy had done it. 
this guy had done it. And yet he comes and he talks to Jesus at night because he understands, like, look, this guy, he drove people out of the temple. He just turned water into wine, and I've never seen that happen before. So apparently there's something about him that's just outstanding. So I've got to come see this Jesus guy. And what does Jesus say whenever he gets there? Nicodemus asks him, uh, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless you were with him. And Jesus replied, again, in good old Jesus fashion, doesn't actually respond to Nicodemus, but he cuts through to the heart of the matter. And he says, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus was wanting some kind of spiritual growth because he realized all of a sudden, like, wait, there's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something more. So he had this drive to understand who this Jesus guy was. And then he doesn't get a straight answer whenever he comes up to this Jesus guy and asks him. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really ask him a question, but he says that God is with him. And then he gets the response. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. What Nicodemus doesn't understand is that you can have all the criteria met and surpassing and yet still not see the kingdom of God. See, spiritual growth is something that is necessary, right? Everybody just raised their hand that we want to grow. We know it's something natural that's supposed to happen, right? We don't stay infants forever. Is anybody in here an infant? No. Okay, we got one. <laughs> but he's not. He's a teenager. But, yeah, it's natural for things to grow. We all naturally want to grow. But that growth doesn't come from dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, does it? We got to understand that spiritual growth ultimately comes from above. So that's what he's saying. And even further down into verses 4 through 8, how can anyone be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus answered again, truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So right there he answers it, unless he's born of water and Spirit. Spirit is the essential component piece there, right? Because what he's basically trying to get across is that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives birth to spiritual life. He is the one that is responsible for the spiritual growth that we uh, try to grow into as Christians. And it's not solely based on your own effort. Because that is something that the Jews were all about. They were all about trying to earn their way into God's good favors, right? But we do that too sometimes, right? Like, oh man, I got this great reading plan. And especially whenever we get into the new year, everybody's like, man, I've got this Bible reading plan. We're going to do the whole Bible in a year. And January 19th, by the way, just so you know, January 19th is officially called Quitter's Day now. <laughs> I just read that, too. I'm like, that's interesting. We don't even make it to February with resolutions, y'all. But we think we're going to get through the whole Bible in a year. 
That's a side, side note. Anyway, uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad at all. What I am saying is that whenever it comes to spiritual growth, it's not about all the boxes that you check off, right? It's about being in step with the Spirit, okay? And guess what? You don't have the strength or the wherewithal to do it yourself because you don't control it. Can you harness the Spirit? Can y'all tell the Spirit of God what to do? No. It doesn't happen, right? We do understand, though, that we have the responsibility. There's a responsibility. We don't control it, but we have the responsibility. Okay? So as we look at verses 9 through 14, he says, How can these things be? Asked Nicodemus. And then Jesus says, Are you the teacher of Israel, the guy who knows everything and who has all the answers, but you don't know these things? Jesus replied, truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Okay, so he's given us the picture here of while Israel was in exile right? And I mean, they were a rowdy bunch. They were troublemakers. God had just let them out of Egypt, and yet they're already cursing the name of God. So what happens? He allows them to wander. Wild things happen. People are getting bitten by snakes. But what is the answer that God gave them? He lifted up a pole with a snake on it. You know, and as we see ambulances passing by, in which I'm surprised we haven't heard one go by this morning, praise God. But what is on the back of those doors? It's always a pole with a snake on it, right? You know, and with um, everything that happens in the New Testament, like there's a lot of Greek uh, things that happen, right? And a lot of Greek mythology that even Paul goes around and tries to debunk. But the thing is, is that's what everybody kind of expects. But really, it's a picture of what Moses did with lifting up the snake. And that does not make any physical sense. But when people were bitten and then they looked at the serpent up on the pole, they were healed. Now, let me tell you, that does not make any earthly sense whatsoever. But the Spirit, because the Spirit does what the Spirit wants to do, He made it happen. Okay? What I'm trying to get to, though, is that you don't control it. Moses didn't ask God that, hey, what if, I got an idea. I got an idea. I'm going to get a snake. I'm going to put it on a pole and you heal people. How's that sound? That didn't happen, did it? That's not what happened at all. God ordained these things to happen. You don't control it. But whenever we begin to understand that, we can also see that growth, spiritual growth, can happen reactively or proactively. All right, this is the lesson that I had drilled into my head whenever I was young. Whenever you do things reactively, sometimes it gets messy, right? If you do things proactively, it can get messy, but you've kind of thought everything out, so you could be in the clear. The thing is, though, growth happens whether you are planning ahead into 2022 
or if you are walking tight with Jesus and he just makes divine appointments happen. Because I guarantee you that every single person in this room has also had a, a divine appointment where someone that you just come up to in life, whether it be a coworker, a friend, or even just a rando on the street that has said something to you and something clicked for you. That's called a divine appointment. And I guarantee you, we've all had them. Okay? So, growth can happen proactively or it can happen reactively. But it doesn't just happen, does it? You also have to act on it. You've got to understand that whenever God tells you something, you've got to be walking so tight with him that you don't just stay the same because he doesn't expect us to just stay the same, does he? So, it can happen proactively. It can happen reactively. It doesn't just happen, but even still, it's out of your hands. Okay? This is a whole biblical principle that we find all throughout the Bible. There's a, a, not a proverb. I can't think of the word. It just left me. But the story is that Jesus, parable. Ah, it came back. He tells parables, right? And one of them, he uses this image a lot, but of the owner of a, of a field and the people working it. The people working it have the responsibility to go out and plant seeds, to till the ground, right? Who makes the crop grow, though? It ain't me. God's in control of it, right? We don't make things grow. It ain't your water. It ain't your sunlight. It ain't your ground. And really, it's not even your seeds. They're God's. Okay, So whenever we understand that God is the one who allows and provides for spiritual growth, then that's when we can actually start growing. Because until we realize that, yeah, we will. We'll try to do the Bible reading plan in a year, and then on January 19th on Quitter's Day, (laughs) we forget to open up our Bible or start the app. You know, Or we can set alarms in our phones to remind us to pray, and then guess what? You find yourself on January 19th and you're in a time where you know, you're either driving down the road or you're talking with a friend and your alarm goes off to pray and you um, clear. Right? It happens. But that's because we're working in our own strength. Again, you don't control spiritual growth. Okay? But we do have responsibilities. So, I know I'm saying but a lot today, but it's necessary, okay? <laughs> because whenever we realize, like, what, what Paul said, Paul made it really clear in several different places. The first one I want to look at, though, is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Okay. So our responsibility there, did he say read the Bible in a year? Did he say pray every hour on the hour? Or at, you know, like 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 
3 p.m.? No, right? He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. If you want to grow, you got to die first, right? That's just the natural order of things. How do new, new trees and everything just, how do they sprout up? Because something has died before it. Okay, so we have to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And then in Colossians 2, verses 6 through 10, he says, uh, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful. This is the warning here. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition. Based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Okay. So right there he's saying... uh, yeah, in the beginning, just as, you, just as you've received Christ, continue to walk in him and with him and being rooted and built up. That built up part right there, that's what we're talking about this morning. That's spiritual growth. You don't get there, though, unless you are uh, walking with him. You don't get there, though, if you are not presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because it's not your own might that makes you grow, but it's because of your faith in Christ and through him alone that you grow. So, what are all these verses pointing to? Ultimately, they're saying, look at me. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying to look at him, right? Because if we're just looking in a mirror and expecting to grow, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Whenever you try to uh, become more like somebody, you kind of got to know what they look like, right? So if you're looking in the mirror instead of at Jesus, you're not going to be more like him. And that is the point of spiritual growth, right? One of my favorite quotes, uh, and this is a book that I recommend to everybody, but it's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. If you want to, write that down, or you can ask me who who it is and what it is after the service. But what he opens up his book by saying this. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Without direction, discipline is drudgery. Basically, what he's saying is you can put in all the hard work, but if you don't have a picture of where you're going, you won't get there. Because it's just going to be difficult, it's going to be trying, and you're going to want to give up. By January 19th. If you don't have a picture of where you're going, you won't get there. If you don't have a map, you won't get there. If you don't have any idea and you're just kind of setting off and shooting from the hip and flying by the seat of your pants, it ain't going to happen. Right? So what does the map look like? The map points us to Christ. Because he is saying, look at me. So going back to Nicodemus. Verses 15 through 17, to finish up, says, um, we'll start in verses 14, though. 
Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's all because of Jesus, y'all. It is all because of Jesus. So we can't take our eyes off of what he's doing. Right? So let me ask you now, in kind of closing all this up, how is this year going to be different for you? Because I don't know if y'all know the definition of insanity, but it's doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. I don't want to be where I'm at spiritually next year, where I'm at today. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I. I either like or don't like where I'm at. I'm saying that because I want to be closer to Jesus. Living things grow, right? Christ has made us alive, so that means we are naturally going to grow. If I stay the same and I'm in the same spot next year as I am today, I'm not living. So how will this year in 2022 be different? First thing, if you're in the situation where you're like, man, you know, I know I should naturally want to grow, but it's, a, it's difficult. Like, there's a lot of days that, man, I'm just, you know, I, I worked 14 hours, and by the time I get home, I'm ready for bed. And I don't really want to read. I don't really want to pray one, there was a quote that I heard a few months back, and it's one that I absolutely love. But it says, sometimes Mr. Will has to drag Mr. Hart along. Okay? In other words, sometimes just doing the action, you will actually fall in love with it. Not because it's habit, but because sometimes you just need that kickstart, right? So if that's you... And you're struggling with that. Man, just, it's not about doing the Bible in a year. It's not about setting alarms to pray. What it's about is walking with Jesus. Okay? I'm not discouraging you from setting the alarms. I'm not discouraging you from doing the Bible reading in a year. Because guess what? That's what we're doing this year as the gathering. There's a Bible plan that if y'all want to join, come on. I want to be doing it with you. But don't let it be about the checking boxes. Instead, let it be about walking with Jesus. Okay? So the second thing, if you don't have Jesus, you won't grow spiritually. Right? So make sure he is your life. I always caution everybody, don't make him a part of your life. Jesus isn't your co-pilot. He needs to be your pilot, okay? Don't add him. He's not an add-on. Jesus will change your life. But if you don't have Jesus, you will not grow spiritually, okay? And then the third thing is don't burden yourselves with good, quote-unquote, the good things that, quote-unquote, good Christians do, okay? So if one of your checkboxes is to do the reading plan, to tithe more, to not miss a Sunday here at the gathering or any other church. 
Those are all great things. But they are ultimately not going to make you grow spiritually if you're not walking with Jesus. Okay? Again, they are all good things, but it all points back to Jesus. All right? And that's what I want for y'all. I know that's what all of our families want for each other. I want you guys next year to have grown spiritually, not by your own works, but through the works that Christ has done in you. So I'm going to pray, and then uh, I'll be down up front to pray with you if you want to pray, okay? So let's pray together real quick, though. Lord, we do. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for uh, Nicodemus. God, he was a, a great example. He was... Uh, a Christian that um, we see prepared you even for burial. <clears throat> but he wasn't without uh, his growth learning curve and uh, understanding how spiritual things work. He thought he had all the answers. Yet there was still things that he didn't understand. And God, I'm, I'm glad that we get to see in your word him go through that whole process because it shows us exactly uh, what we need to understand for spiritual, spiritual growth too. And that is without you, spiritual growth doesn't happen. So Lord, I pray that as we go, prepare ourselves for 2022. God, that we think about um, how we're going to spend time with you. God, that we don't create check boxes for ourselves. But God, that we make it about just walking with you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for a great uh, Christmas and the time that we've been able to celebrate your birth. God, help us not to forget those things uh, about you being born to die and God, you being the king of kings through, uh, from eternity past to eternity future. Help us not to forget those things and help us to grow closer to you so that we can understand just how sweet and precious you actually are. Lord, we love you, and it's all in your precious name we pray. Amen.